I'm Dr. Michael Latola. And I'm Megan Strong. Could these bib clips be the filthiest thing in your dental office? Find out today on Chairside Live. Welcome to episode 17 of Chairside Live. Megan, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. We've got an interesting case of the week for you today. It's actually a class 3 denture case. The patient is a skeletal class 3 and had a class 3 bite with their natural teeth and now it was time for dentures and we're going to look at what happened when the doctor tried in a class 3 setup for this patient. But before we do that, we're going to go to a segment we call Viewer Mail. The reason we call this segment Viewer Mail is because this is where I read mail from viewers in case that wasn't clear. And um, I'm gonna go ahead and read this to you off my mobile uh, telephone device. And uh, this is actually a comment that was left at the Bruxer.com blog, if you haven't been to the Bruxer.com website. And it's from Colin, and Colin says, uh, Dear Dr. T, it's actually Dr. D, but okay, I'll continue with your question. I saw your video on the Ivoclar wash for zirconia crowns, that's Ivoclean. Are you gonna send me a free bottle of that with my next Bruxer crown? Well, Colin, or is it Colin? Um, we are going to send you one, and that's only because Ivoclar has been generous enough to give us some sample sizes that we can send out. And so as soon as we get those here in the laboratory, we are gonna be sending those out with some of the Bruxer crowns. But may I suggest, don't just wait for that. I would go ahead and purchase it because anytime you have a uh, Bruxer crown that's got a short clinical crown or it's a uh, overly tapered preparation, actually I'm using it on all my crowns now just to be safe. You're gonna wanna go ahead and purchase that anyway, but we will be sending samples out as soon as Ivoclar makes those available to us. So thank you for your question, we appreciate that. Uh, Megan, let's go to the news. All right. Researchers at Tufts University School of Dental Medicine in Forsyth Institute have published a study that found 20 to 30 percent of dental bib clips still harbor bacterial contaminants even after proper disinfection procedures. The study also found that before disinfection, bib clips used during orthodontic procedures had three times the bacterial load of those used during endodontic procedures. Before disinfection, the rubber-faced metal bib clips were found to have more than double the bacteria than the metal bib clips. Researchers say the surface of rubber and metal is different in composition and may explain the difference in bacterial loads on them. Researchers are already conducting a continuation study to identify the type of bacteria present on dental bibs before and after disinfection to help determine if there are cross-contamination risks to patients. Well, that's funny because there's been so much focus in dentistry on hand pieces and instruments and making sure that they're sterilized because they actually go in the patient's mouth. But who would have ever thought that something as innocuous uh, as the bib clip could be so disgusting? And this is actually one we just grabbed out of the operatory upstairs. And uh, I don't know if this is part of that 30% that remains contaminated. Let's hope not. After it's been sterilized. Well, I'm going to play a little dental Russian roulette. <laughs> and, uh, we're going to check back by the end of the episode. See if you're keeled over if, in the back. Yeah, see if I'm flopping around or I've contracted some sort of uh, disease. But it, it brings up a good point. And actually, there has been a movement towards using disposable versions of this. So you don't even have to worry about that at all. And this research would seem to indicate that's a great idea to use the disposable sure. ones. Anything else? Yes. When doctors told a young art student that her worsening medical condition would mean that she would never pick up a paintbrush again, she decided to prove them wrong. Channeling the famous English artist Alison Lapper, who was born without arms, she began to learn how to paint by holding the brush in her teeth. 
This inspiring artist has created incredibly beautiful pieces with her newly learned technique and hopes to become a pediatric psychologist so she can use art therapy to inspire children to challenge themselves. That's an amazing story. Right? Did you look at some of those paintings that she did? I did, and it blew my mind how someone could create that kind of masterpiece with a tooth or toothbrush, a paintbrush in their teeth. Right, exactly. And uh, it's one. It, it seems even more difficult to learn how to do it initially with your hands and then have to relearn right. it with something else. And it makes me feel ashamed of how bad I can barely draw like stick figures right. with my hands. And a lot of times in lectures, I'll be drawing a tooth, and it looks nothing. Uh, like a tooth and that's using you know what I consider to be so-so hands and not even trying to draw it with my mouth so a pretty amazing story right thank you for reporting that all right let's go ahead and take a look at the case of the week just wanted to share with you a removable case that came through the laboratory recently it's interesting because it's a class three and so you can see here we have the bite block let me take it off for just a minute we'll look at the impression this dentist took he did a pretty good job you can see all the details are there. In fact, let me just jog your memory back a little bit to dental school with this model, where we take a look at some of the desirable anatomical structures that we want to pick up here. The tuberosity, the hamular notch, the vibrating line, the incisive papilla and the rugae, the labial frenum, all these highly desirable anatomic structures that we want to see. And really, this is only possible with the use of a custom tray and sometimes we'll see dentists send in impressions to us like these two upper arches that you see here and we're missing a lot of that material and these were not preliminary impressions to make custom trays from these were supposed to be final impressions and so typically we will make custom trays and say and, and tell the doctor that we need a master impression from a custom tray and so the custom tray becomes really important in these denture cases for picking up things like on this lower arch with the retromolar pad and we've got the retromyelohyoid space down here all this stuff that needs to be picked up and really can only be accurately picked up with a custom tray but in the case in particular that we're talking about here the doctor did uh, a very good job and so as we take a look with the bite block in place we always send it out with the front two teeth to help you get the midline and the fullness of the lip as well. And as the patient bites together there, I think you can tell from that position that this is a class three case. That's what the patient naturally was. So the doctor did a good job and used some of our clear bite material to get a nice bite registration. And it's an accurate class three bite registration. So we went ahead and we proceeded with the case and sent it to the dentist. And we've got this class three setup that you see here, which is basically what the patient had uh, ahead of time. And now when the patient had an opportunity to try this in and look at it, she was unhappy. And she didn't, I think, realize what the implications of being a class three were going to look like. In fact, she said later that part of the reason she was glad she was losing her last few teeth was that she, was, she could have a normal bite and not have this class three. So now it was up to us at the laboratory to try to figure out how to set this up as a class one. And there's really two ways that we can do this. If you've got a patient who's a class three who wants to become a class one. And the first one is to go just straight class one, as you see here. So this is a regular class one with 20 degree teeth on the back. And the thing that changes here, obviously on that class three setup, the teeth are sitting right over the ridge, which is where those teeth really should be, but for an aesthetic change like this, we're gonna move the maxillary anterior teeth 
out to the facial from where they were on that other class three setup. So the mandibular teeth are gonna stay positioned over the ridge because we don't have a lot of stability with that lower denture, but we're gonna try to take advantage of the palatal seal back here by moving the maxillary anterior teeth towards the labial. And that's how we're gonna achieve this class one. This is also gonna plump up this lip a lot, which is a request that we get a lot with female patients to get rid of wrinkles. This might plump it up too much or it might be just enough. You won't know till you see it in the patient's mouth. Really the only downside of doing this besides putting a little more stress on the palatal seal is that we have to open up the bite to be able to do this. Now some patients cannot tolerate having their bite opened a couple millimeters and so one of the things we can do in a case like that is to go to a different type of class one where it's a class one setup still from the anterior but it's more of an end-to-end -end relationship when we look at the posterior and in a situation like this to give the patient some freedom we'll typically set this up in a zero degree or flat tooth to give the patient some freedom to be able to move around and this is where we ended up with on this patient who didn't want to look like a class three didn't like the feeling of being opened a couple millimeters to become a true class one, but to become kind of an end-to-end -end relationship, but still look like a class one with the zero degree teeth is where we ended up with this patient. So when you've got a class three uh, setup or a skeletal class three patient coming in for full dentures, know that you have a couple of options and our removable technicians will be happy to help you with that. That about wraps it up for this edition of Chairside Live. On behalf of myself, Megan, and everybody here at the laboratory, I wanna thank you for your time and your continued commitment to quality dentistry. We'll see you next time. I was lecturing once in Texas, and it was in San Antonio, and the sign at the San Antonio Convention Center said, um, welcome uh, Texas Dental Association, then underneath it, it said, welcome American Association of Colorectal Surgeons. And it was interesting be because the convention center is laid out kind of like a Z, and we were at one end of the building, and they were at the very far other end of the building, which was a remarkable uh, coincidence. And um, at the lunch break during the meeting, I walked down to their meeting, and I ran into one of their lecturers, and I actually got in an argument with him over who has the harder hole to work in.